Hello, my friends, it's Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California on April 3rd for the Living Fearless Devotional. Brought to you by ResurrectMinistry.com, harnessing the power of the internet to share the gospel to every corner of the earth. <laughs> Go to ResurrectMinistry.com where you can find all of our content, our, our previous podcast episodes, articles in the Christian Post, books we like, worship bands to listen to, new pastors you may not have heard from. And we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a line, send us a comment. And if you are so inclined, if this ministry has blessed you in any way, um, we are entirely um, self-funded. And so we'd appreciate whatever contribution you would make. Yes. And click the donate now button. We have some regular donators that donate. You. Yes, that's and, so awesome. Um, I realize now why movie stars wear makeup on camera. Why? Because without it, I look like I have little mouse eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Mouse eyes. Yeah, like little beady little eyes because oh. I don't have a lot of eyeliner hmm. on. Just a little, just a little comment from. What kind? Of, what kind of eyes do I have? <laughs> I wish it was that simple for women. <laughs> I guess it can be if we let it. Yes. And uh, while you're watching, if you're watching live, of course, not you that are listening on the podcast, but those of you that are watching live, if you could comment and let us know. Who you are, if you've not been on before, you can tell us where you're from and um, anything else that you'd like to tell us about yourself, but especially comment about what it is that we're reading in the devotional and uh, those things that move you. If there's scripture you want to post, that's all good. Or if you have any questions for us along the way, um, that would be great too. We'd really appreciate it. Just like this one that just came in from Kate Reed saying, good, good day. day from Australia. Is that a he is risen photo? I see a cross, but I can't like read it. Yeah, it sure looks like it's tiny on our end. All right, so we're going to be um, reading, as usual, from Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon. And uh, it is April 3rd. The reference is John 19, 16. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Charles says, Jesus was in agony all night. He spent the early morning hours at the house of Cephas, then was hurried from Cephas to Pilate, from Pilate to Herod, mm. and from Herod back to Pilate again. He was not allowed any food, drink, or rest. So by then, he had little physical strength remaining. His enemies were eager for his blood and thus led him out to die, forcing him to carry his own cross. What a sorrowful procession. No wonder the daughters of Jerusalem wept for him. Dear souls, do you weep for him as well? What do we learn from this picture of our blessed Lord being led to his death? Do we recognize the truth foreshadowed by the scapegoat? Didn't the high priest lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins? and put them on the goat's head, removing the sins from the people? Wasn't the scapegoat then led away into the desert in the care of a man appointed for the task, carrying away the sins of the people so that even if they were searched for, they could not be found? In the same way, we now see Jesus brought before the priests and the rulers who pronounce him guilty. God himself imputes our sins to him charging our sins to his account for the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God made him 
who had no sin to be sin for us as a substitute for our guilt. Upon his shoulders, he bore our sins, represented by his cross, and the final great scapegoat was led away by the appointed officers of justice. Beloved soul, do you have the assurance he carried your sin? As you look at the cross upon his shoulders, does it represent your sin? There is one way by which you can be assured he carried your sin. If you have laid your hand upon his head, confessed your sin, and trusted in him, then your sin no longer lies on you, but has all been transferred to Christ through blessed imputation. And he bears your sin on his shoulders as a weight heavier than his cross. Don't let this picture fade from your mind until you have rejoiced in your own deliverance and then praise your loving Redeemer upon whom your iniquities were laid. Amen. Amen. Such a great gift to know that your sins are forgiven. Right? There's a certain, and the way he describes it, like, do you have that assurance? And there is something deep in your soul that allows you to know that, right? I mean, it's not that somebody just taught it to you. It's something that you truly can feel. Do you agree? Yeah. That was a, I, I got to confess. So as we're speaking of confessions, this is the first time I read it. Usually we read it beforehand yes, and, we were rushing and go through it just a little bit. But uh, uh, it is rare that I get it the first time. <laughs> but the most important part was that point, and it is assuring. Because there are those moments, because I, I, I kind of, I will at times believe the lie that I tell myself that is it real this time? Oh. Having been in a Christian church for decades, having been that guy who stands up in front of everybody and teaches from the Bible as if, I'm all that <laughs> godly. Uh, and, and when I read that part, that is, that is the part I feel different. Oh, there's a number, but it's not just that part. You've talked about how you feel the Holy Spirit in you now. As you I do. Before. I do, but still, so, even, yeah. you know, uh, uh, I know many people, men, I think, especially, uh, just feel we're not worthy. When we wow. know what it means to be a godly man and we read more and more about it, we go, oh, I'm just not, I'm just not a disciple. Yeah. Although he calls us to be disciples. Right. Like, I just don't feel like I'm worthy to be a disciple from time to time. Like I, I believe yes. the, the devil who tells me I'm not worthy. Yes. But this, this one in particular is that he carried our sins. Oh, that's what confirms it, everything else. Yeah. Have you laid your hand upon his head, confessed your sin, trusted him, then your sin no longer lies on you, but it has all been transferred to Christ through blessed imputation. That I don't feel that weight of my past sin. I can now talk about it freely and say, I, I well, did That's those the things. next thing I was going to say mm. is that I, one of the signs of the assurance to me is that, that you're able to give your testimony and it almost feels like it's somebody else. And I got to tell you, I did a yes. lot, uh, you know, like I got, I did a lot of lying to a lot of people about my past. I made up a lot of stories because mm. I was ashamed. Yep. I, I, I make up a narrative that I wanted people to believe about me. And it was only in coming to Christ that I became free from that. Where I was just like, every wretched thing I did was a testimony to God's redeeming grace because mm. it's, 
just proof that he works within me is that I'm free of those things. You know, it's interesting just based on what you just said just now is, is that the dad, I was at the dentist today and uh, I've known him for several years now, maybe 10, 15, 10 years at least. Um, and we were talking about you because you finally went to him and uh, he just asked how we met and that kind of stuff. And then somehow we got to talk. I don't know how we got into it, like a little bit deeper discussion about you used to be Muslim and, and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, and he, then he said something that is prominent in the uh, Muslim faith with men. And what he had to say was kind of your story. Like, Oh, I, I mean, and, and I just kind of smiled and I go, it's not for me to share, but if you only knew Hedia's story, because what he said was your story and was using it in a way like, like laughed, like it, it's not possible. Cause he know cause he's only known you now. Right. And talk right. to you and, and knows. Well, and most people who know me now can't believe I would have lived that way. Yeah. <laughs> that was the whole thing. And, um, and so, yes, I mean, I, I mean, I can see it. I can see it in your life. I can see it in my life that that does not even, it doesn't, it's like a, a movie. Yes. That, uh, you know, that somebody made up about us. Yes. But we know that it, we know that it happened. We know that it's true. And we yes. are so, um, uh, separated from that, that Amen. Past life. only by the power of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago. No, it's not like it was 20 years ago. No, most people, when they talk about, yeah, I met Jesus when I was 18 and been walking with him for 40 years. And I was like, wow, God bless you because that's a long time, but no, not that yeah. long ago, but yet I think it is this blessed assurance of him having taken the weight of the sin that allows you to talk freely about it. Cause you say, because you're able to know with surety, that's not who I am anymore. Right. And there's just a, a piece in, in knowing that. Yeah. So, um, what about the, the idea of the scapegoat the, of this devotional, which he repeats over and over. And of course I titled it scapegoat. Well, so Leviticus is all about the laws that the Israelites had to maintain. And so um, the, the uh, goats and doves and sheep that they had to sacrifice were an atonement. So they were repenting of the sin, but they weren't guaranteed salvation by virtue of it. They were just repenting mm. for it. So it was an atonement. It was, oh, um, God, we messed up. Here's our sacrifice. It wasn't until Jesus came that he said, I am taking it and you are free of it. Um, they were not free of it. They were just the, they were temporarily atoning for them, but they weren't, they weren't eternally free of them because that's why in Romans, Paul explains when you're under the law, you're subject to every bit of the law, right? Uh, break one and you broke the whole thing. So they still um, were under the harsh punishment of the law and the, all the sheeps and goats and doves in the world weren't going weren't gonna to save them. Hmm. That's why he sent the perfect scapegoat. But there was a process of them sacrificing animals to carry the sin and then this animal was set free out to wander into the desert um, carrying their sins away, the weight of their sins away. Mm. You know, we've seen that in, in modern times, uh, scapegoats, 
yes. like Colonel North and General Flynn and some of these people that were the the scapegoat for the the king. Yes. Whatever king that may be. The rulers of the time. The rulers uh, of um, our unfortunate, uh, you know, the situations in our government that they're just, yeah, there's just that. So it's not, it's, it's not, it's not changed over the thousands of years uh, that, that leadership used as scapegoats. Yes. But this scapegoat was God different. himself used. Yes. And placed all of our sins on him. Yes. Wow, schnooks. <laughs> schnookums. <laughs> schnookums. Uh, let's go ahead and read the scripture um, so that we can kind of tie it all together. So John nineteen sixteen was the opening scripture. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. Uh, Luke 23, 28. Uh, Jesus turned and said to them, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. You know, can I ask you a question about this? And I know yes. you love it when I do this, but I didn't read the whole chapter. Yeah. But who are the daughters of Jerusalem? Are they just the women that live in Jerusalem that are believers? Yeah, the believers. Yes, mm. exactly. And um, so when they were following him, when he was going up to Gethsemane, to, I mean, um, Calvary to be uh, to be killed, they were um, crying and they were wailing and weeping. Uh, so. He, the next um, verse in that scripture, 29, is for the time will come when we when you will say, blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Because of the last days, the day of the Lord coming, where they did not accept the Lord and then they will suffer the wrath of God. Hmm. Basically saying, you're crying for me now. What does it matter? <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't it's not going to do anything for you because you're going to still suffer the wrath because you didn't believe. Oh, wow. I never got that from. At least that's. Sorry, I'm reading. I'm, I shouldn't be doing this on screen, but I'm reading. <laughs> my preliminary understanding. <laughs> and blessed are the childless woman that never. Okay, then they will say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will they happen when it is dry? Oh, wow. Just the scene, yes, uh, of that moment, right? Uh, everything that's happening and just so crazy. Leviticus sixteen eight. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. It's part of the rabbinical law. I mean, the Jewish law. So there's a lot more to that context to that, but that's what he cited in the in the devotional. And Leviticus 16.21, he is to lay, these are the, the role of the priest in offering this sacrifice. He is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. Hmm. Isaiah 53.6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Again, prophetic scripture, 500 years before yep. Jesus comes to earth. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Such an amazing event everything coming together, tied together, uh, when you have the 
prophetic scriptures talking about the, the, everything from him riding in on a on a mule donkey whatever they whatever the name of it to um the uh, disciples giving him up and denying him yes and sleeping when they're supposed to be watching out um then sweating blood and then just the events that you know that he was then said you know it you know who is it who who is the are you the lord god and then he said yeah i am who you speak to pilot yeah to pilot and then the silence i mean just everything just all lined up perfectly it was such an event uh that um had to be perfectly laid out by god yes for it to Amen. to happen the way that it did hello ladies hi carrie and darcy and Carrie says, I had a problem with the worthy part, but Jesus is worthy and he lives in us. Amen. Yeah, this seems to be getting less and less. Uh, and I think it helps being in a church like Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills with Jack Hibbs, who reads the gospel and reads the Bible. And and it's it's much like what I talk about with the, the music and um, uh, Danny Goki spoke about is that when you're you're hearing something over and over, uh, when it's lies, your your brain will take it in and, and believe it to be true, and right. it will become normalized in your mind. And it's it's no different when you're hearing the truth of the gospel in the Bible. That it, somebody who's reading it the way that it should be read and explaining it the truth about it. That that we, you know, we often people say, "Well, you're brainwashed by the Bible," and the answer is true. God willing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so helpful because if it didn't, if it didn't wash over us and continually, you know, Ingrate breathe, breathe life into, into it, yes, that we would continue to feel unworthy without yeah. it, without the continuous reminders that you, that you're not. You actually aren't. <laughs> not one of so us you got to get, get, you get past that. None of us are without Get past it. And then understand that your sins have been laid out on the cross and, and Jesus was nailed to it. And it was it was washed away. Yes. And uh, and just get over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the because the getting over it part leads you to the to the sanctification process where you could be of service to the kingdom. Mm. Because if you're just wallowing in self pity, you're of no use to anybody. Well, it's like any other relationship. If you come in to a relationship with a, a man or a woman, and and you come into that relationship with the uh, the difficulties you suffered from the previous relationship, right? And and you can't get past it that you go, I'll never be loved. No, you can't love me because I'm, you know, my. If the other person tore you up with, right. with whatever, you know, a, so whatever abusive things that were said, or um, you know, just didn't treat you right, that you're you can go into the next relationship just think you're not worthy of somebody else's love. Yes, and the good things that come from a good relationship. And it'll it'll destroy that relationship, and that, that that can happen with God in our relationship with God if we just do not get over it, right? And uh, and just accept His love, His relation, His our relationship together, and allow Him to dwell inside us. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Kate says she loved how Jack described Jesus's potential experience on a little untamed donkey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Palm Sunday. Oh, so good. Uh, Carrie says the only difference is you are not in a spiritual battle if you believe the lies. Mm. Well, I mean, you're under the spiritual battle of having be believed the lies. There's <laughs> yeah. that battle. 
Dixie Doodle. Dixie Doodle. Dixie Doodle. Hi, Dixie Doodle. Hi, guys. Boy, YouTube just drove me here. Oh, nice. Oh, hey, that's finally. So that's usually YouTube's driving you away from here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so glad to see you again. Yeah, so glad. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself. And Dixie's been on with us before, but her name was not Doodle at the end. Oh, it was Dixie Pixie? No. <laughs> I can't remember your last name, Dixie, but it wasn't Doodle before. Or maybe that's your YouTube name. Oh. But that's not our Facebook name. Huh. Well, you have a great memory. Hey. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. <laughs> Dixie, I'm terrible. You're probably like a really close friend of mine, and I don't even know. <laughs> Should we read Jim's? Yes, for sure. An ancient prison honed out of the rock of Mount Zion is the likely place of the house of Caiaphas or Cephas. I can't remember if he's Caiaphas or Cephas, the high priest, for it is there that the sarcophagus or stone coffin was discovered. The site includes prison cells, a place of horrific beatings, and a deep pit to hold criminals overnight. Most likely, Jesus was lowered into this cold, totally dark pit and held overnight completely alone. It is therefore an amazing fulfillment of the following prophetic psalm. I am counted among those who go down to the pit I am like a man without strength. You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. Why, O oh Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? You have taken my companions and loved ones from me. The darkness is my closest friend. <gasps> oh, my goodness. I don't think I've ever heard that that way before. That's Psalm 88, 4, 8, 14, and 18. So... I think I'm going to read Psalm 88 tonight and read that again because that's um, so prophetic. <laughs> wow. he, did, he did a little bit what Jack can does from time to time while he take pieces of scripture and tie them together. Yes, but this is all from one psalm. Oh, one psalm, yeah. Uh, but I just don't remember reading about a pit. Now, I didn't know Jesus was in a pit. Mm. I didn't know this whole story backstory about the, um, the, the historical night. context. Yeah. Mm. You know, one thing that just comes to me every every so often, I'll, I'll think about, you know, the smells. Yes. You're not a fan of smells. No. I try to make you smell all this stuff. No. Me. You refused? Yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh that people do that. That you see them smell something and they go, go here, smell this. They go, why? Most I just, people. I just okay, saw your reaction. We're asking, why? We're what asking I the audience. Andy will not smell it if you know that. But don't you people, don't most people when they go, ew, it smells really gross. Aren't you curious? Don't you like kind of, you stick your nose over it because no. you just want to know? I have no. <laughs> That's what you really don't like that people, smell. People so do that when they taste stuff too. They'll taste it. They go, oh. Yeah. And they go, here, I, the, taste this. I go, The taste why? one, I can't do. The, the, the smell one, I can't. <laughs> the smell one, I'm curious. You know who else does that? Dogs. Uh, dogs, no. dogs, <laughs> dogs smellers, right? Dogs. I am not a dog. I train dogs, but I'm not a dog. Oh, wee! Nicole's saying hi. Hey, Nicole. Oh, wish we had another class tomorrow. Nicole is from our class. Oh, hi, Where Nicole. Nice to see you. We are sad. There's not another class too. Oh no, but you were talking. Do does anybody know about the idea of a future class? No. Yeah, we're supposed oh. to be on the roster for coming semesters, but this next semester is full. Oh. I think because when they made an announcement at church looking for teachers, um, a whole bunch of people must have applied. And so then they filled the next coming semester. Uh, look at Darcy. Darcy's my friend. <laughs> Darcy's like, yeah, I'm with Andy. I'm not into the smells. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. And Carrie also, her nose is too sensitive. She doesn't right. smell. He, but but you know, in order to understand the problem we were having with this refrigerator, I needed <laughs> I believed him you to smell it. Why? Because you don't really understand until you smell it. I did. No, I understand didn't. that it didn't smell good. <laughs> no, but it's. I know you think I'm. I am sometimes prone <laughs> to exaggerating, and so <laughs> you to understand the magnitude of what we were no. dealing with. What's so funny is that you're trying to get me to smell, and then uh, Zara, your daughter, uh, our daughter, uh, runs up and goes, I, and she like, she, <laughs> she runs it. Right yeah, there. and I go, you guys are crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> if somebody said, "Oh, this stinks," I would. I. You're not going to see me running up to go, oh, let me smell something well, see, that stinks. Nicole says, I'm curious, too. She would have. <laughs> see, my daughter ran right up to that fridge. She wanted to know what was disgusting. And she's like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> and did she thinks we all sniff to identify smells. No, see? I don't. I don't, know, I, uh, I don't know what the controversy is. Oh, Casey says about his trains of dogs. I know. The, right? the, that's why I had a dog. The dog did the sniffing. The dog smelled did he, for did dope. He make it, did he scrunch his nose when it was never? Bad? Oh no, they're tail wags when they smell. When they, when they smell something gross. Yeah, no roll in it. What? Yeah. Why? I don't know. That's a dog thing. They want to get this. They they get this like the the dead rat that dies in the middle of a field. Yeah. They'll go and they'll roll in it. Ew. Yeah, I should know what that yeah, what that Dixie means. Yeah, Dixie says but. we have to understand the magnitude of the stench. That was what I was trying to impress upon him. He wouldn't get it because he did. He just like put some baking soda in it, and I was like, bro. You really got to smell this refrigerator to understand the stank that I'm referring to here. You're not going to get it by just telling me to do put a little baking soda in the refrigerator. And we discovered that the freezer had been left open at one time. That must have been, I don't know, two days because everything in the freezer had melted, <laughs> rotted, and then refroze. <laughs> so we discovered there was some pretty nasty stuff in the freezer. Okay, back to the Bible. Yes. So some of these scenes, I just could imagine that not only are they frightening and you hear people screaming and crying, but the smell of the locations where all these sacrifices took place. The, oh, wait, wait, are we back at the, the executions took oh, place? Oh, okay. What Jim because this isn't the first execution. No. This was a place where they did it all the time. Yeah. Like you saw that in The Chosen where they had all the bodies. Oh, yeah. You can't imagine. Um, I've been in some crime scenes where a body had been there for a very long period of time. And, uh, yeah, I, that, I, I wasn't a fan oh, of that. See, maybe that's it too. You smell a lot of really oh, yeah. stinky things. Oh, I wouldn't go into houses if I didn't have to. I hated going into houses. Anybody else's house? When you go into as many houses. Oh, is that one of the detectives? Was that one of the tests you put me through? Did you come over to my house to see if it was stinky? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you say you have a cat. I go, oh, it's going to, I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of people probably that have cats here, but uh, just so there's some people that, you know, just. How'd we do? Oh, fan, you did fine. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we had a dog and a cat. No, you, we, came well, over. we had a dog, cat, and a nanny. Yeah, but yeah, I did a nanny who cleans the, <laughs> and the, and the, the housekeeper. <laughs> a nanny, a housekeeper. <laughs> and I'm pretty fussy. Yes, you're pretty fussy. <laughs> so whatever was left over, I took care of. <laughs> the magnitude of the stench. Yes. It's, no, it, and Dixie saying you shouldn't. I shouldn't have run up to it. But Dixie, that wasn't me. That was my mom. That was my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> She's one. The sixteen-year-old was the one that ran up to smell it. And then I told her that there was this disgusting pile of dead crabs with half-eaten okay, frogs. Okay. Okay. We're getting away a, from the scripture. In a container. <laughs> 
And she ran up to see that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yes. No. Back, back, back to the point of the perfect scapegoat. Hey, boy, there's some honesty here. <laughs> yes, Dixie Doodle. That's what we do. So um back to the scripture. I, I um I don't know that we could ever really, can, can we truly ever come to an understanding of what the sacrifice means? Because it's beyond earthly. I don't know. You think so? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we could fully appreciate the pain and the suffering that went into it. But he did that for the world, the, the, the people of the world. Right. And not only then, but in the future. Right. The, the, the sacrifice that he went through, the, the things that he went through. Right. It, it, it's, uh, it's just. To un- tell you the truth, I think the worst part about it mm. was that he had to step off of the right hand of God and come down here. That's the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst part. Like, you know, he had this beautiful, majestic role up in heaven next to the father and the angels. And he had to come down here mm. as a baby. Wear a diaper, made a cloth that often got wet and nasty, and then, you know, suffer all of the abuse from people who didn't appreciate that he was the man God, mm. and then get beaten and abused and have to carry sins that did not belong to him. Especially back then, there were no, there was no electricity, no, no. air conditioning. No, it was, it, it, it was it, a it, tremendous, and I think you're right. And I don't think we could ever understand no. the magnitude of the, of the sacrifice. And I think that our, our praise, you know, the worship that we sing, uh, the times that we may go, fall to our knees in, in praise to, you know, just praying. And, and like we um, like I start every prayer with Jesus, I love you. Or, we love you for praying together. Is that just constantly just there's we can't say that enough. Yes. Um, so I think that that's that's all we have is the uh, is the to to talk to him and tell him how much we love him. And thank you. Um, not just on Easter, not no, just on Palm Sunday, absolutely not, or Good Friday. None of I mean, it's um, it's a constant. Yes, I mean, my favorite prayer is "Thank you for giving me a life worth living," because mm. really, nothing before Him was worth living. Wow, you've never said that before. I say it all the time. Thank you, Lord. That's when I cry. I say it at a home church all the time. Thank Maybe I never Lord. thought about it. Thank what you, you're Lord, saying. for giving me a life worth living. You don't think your life was worth, was worth living before? No. Hell yeah. You was, worked for the United States of America, yeah, keeping was, us safe. Yeah, but it was still just nonsense. I made a ton of money saying the same thing over and over again. It was it's a racket. And nobody listened. And nobody listened. <laughs> it was a racket. <laughs> Defense contractors, federal contractors, we're the worst bunch of all. We're just such criminals. Wow. You redeemed me from that too. People were like, don't you miss it? And I was like, oh my God, it was the worst. It was so, it wow. was just, it was bad. It was a lie. Dixie says it's 11 11 where she's at. <laughs> if it's, if, so you're telling you we have to stop? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is she now we're listening? Yeah, no, we're listening now. Listening now? <laughs> About being a federal uh, contractor? Yeah, it was horrible. Um, lying, cheating, and, and just in case, our your comment is often way delayed to where we're talking. So sometimes we come in a little bit late. 
Oh, okay. so it could be something we were saying earlier. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but this is an interesting discussion right now. I don't know that I've ever heard you speak so negatively about what about your about your position about what it meant to be a contractor well because i mean i i had lofty goals of accomplishing something but we were never allowed to accomplish anything it was all just it's 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 a hamster wheel of of deceit and it was lying cheating and stealing so you clearly see why we're in the pro in the difficulties oh, yeah. we we're are just, today. We're just in a different wheel. Mm. We're just in a. It's this. It's the same. It's the same corruption. It's just a different game. But honestly, it nothing. Nothing would have brought all of this to light were it not for Trump, because this system was. I mean, I was there twenty five years. It was literally. It did not matter whether it was Republican or Democrat. We were all greasing the wheels and we were all doing the same thing monkey in monkey out it was like you know your friends went in and then the friends came out and then you went in and you came out it was like it was like groundhog day so just in case if you're watching or listening for the first time Hedy was a contractor with the fbi the, the u.s government every branch of the u.s government every branch of the u.s government working under different presidents from bush to obama and the clintons, clintons. uh trump Trump, the great president Trump. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, but it, it, a counterterrorism expert and created some of the systems that are, were meant to be used against terrorists overseas yes, or that are now being used against us here domestically, yes. especially me. You, you created a system that's being used against me as a parent at the school board meetings against me. And then, well, yes, well, more importantly, me. <laughs> um, so, but this is interesting that I, I've, it's just to me, I really hope it's interesting to you, but this. Uh, Sandy says, uh, Carrie says, I said, it's awful. I say it was awful a lot. I think you're right. It just hurt you tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, Carrie. just that you don't have, I mean, it was the, the, all the way to the point of where you were saying you didn't, it wasn't a life worth living before. I think that's particularly hit me tonight. Well, not that I was suicidal. I mean, yeah. life not worth living in that, there is an absolute clarity of purpose when you live for the kingdom. Mm. You know, that it's just, he's, he's, he's changed everything. He's changed everything. Christ has changed everything for me. A life worth living, my husband, my family, my children, um, what I do, um, what little I do, you know, in comparison to what some other people may do in terms of ministry and getting to write and, you know, volunteering at the church and teaching. It's just, it's so spectacular to me compared to what I used to be. It just makes me Wow. Cry. Me too. I just got a little teary-eyed. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. But I, I don't know why, why it just seems so much more powerful now. Because I look at you as a woman growing up in Beverly Hills and then do just this whole wild ride that got you to that position being a, you know, being, um, uh, getting your, um, attorney credentials from UCLA and USC and then ending up in the position that you were and, uh, personally was, wow. How do you end up there with a head covering? <laughs> 
in the Ooh, situation I, you're I in. Claw my way into that to, one. To, from that, and then on the other end, you professionally, you're at this status. So it was so strange. So strange. And so what I see is that you used what negative things were happening as an opportunity to do something I think many people would think was fantastic. It was an awesome experience. Yeah. But I didn't. But now that you look back from where you're at now, it's like, oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That was, I uh, participated that was... in those shenanigans. <laughs> wow. I helped build those shenanigans. I mean, I think um, if I'm not mistaken, when you talk to people, when they do interviews, like, documentaries on the scientists that have participated in really kind of creepy things. Mm -hmm. Thank God it wasn't nearly that bad, but I listen to a lot of what's happening right now. And I have tremendous amount of remorse um, because, because I participated so heartily in those systems that are now being used against us. Yep. You know, so it's, it's just really, a, it's a really creepy feeling. And not only that, I also have, a lot of remorse and people remind me of this, uh, of how many people I brought towards Islam and kept mm. them there out of my own ignorance and, and the fact that I was deceived, I was deceiving others wow. um, as a leader in that community. And that also breaks my heart, you know? So it's, it's only by the redemption of Christ that it, he gives me a life that's worth living. But originally, going to work for the U.S. government was your, you go in like I did, being a police officer, that, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to save somebody's life. I'm going to change, you know, somebody's life. Yes. Um, and then something else happens. Unfortunately, it didn't happen to me in law enforcement. I just continued to work. <laughs> you know, I got frustrated with the, the political the politics of some things that right. just weren't working out. But in, in many cases, kind of like what you experience is what happens to sometimes pastors is they go into pastoring with a, with the thought that they're going to spread the gospel. And then things start to happen with money and fame that takes them down a whole different road. Is that some of what happened no, with I mean, the amount of money that was being offered in, in? Well, no, I mean, the political system's corrupt. Hmm. It wasn't just me. That's the way the system worked. Yikes. Yeah, it wasn't just I was dishonest. It was there was the the whole system is dishonest. And you're, you have to work in that system. And you have to system. work in the system, otherwise you're homeless. You know, I mean that was the system that you agreed to partake. You want to do good, and they say, Okay, we'll let you do good. We're gonna give you X number of dollars, but you're gonna give sixty percent of it to this university who's gonna do basically nothing, but it just pays for the beltway bandits that need to line their pockets mm. and then you're going to come out with this with the following conclusion um regardless if that's the conclusion you actually reached <laughs> so you're actually working towards a conclusion that's already been determined um and then the wheel turns again and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again so, all for the same subject so these people they go in and out based on who's in in position or the you you're know, political either, party. You're, yeah, you're either a Democrat or Republican. and you, you go into a holding cell for four years. You go into a thinking, until you're, very cushy holding cell. Until your people get back in power. <laughs> until and you, then the back. same people come back. Yes. And so as you're watching what's happening now and how the hatred for somebody, an outsider being elected president, you, you can see that they, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. You're going to disrupt was... this thing that has worked 
It was an insurgency. It was an insurgency. <laughs> and people did not like it. People did not like it. And they still don't like it. They're still angry. Oh, yeah. I, was, I mean, it's used a different word. It just doesn't, it just doesn't end. No, they cannot give it up. No, they're well, afraid. because he's not giving it up. Yeah, because they, they, they're afraid he's going to get back in there again. It's the populace. And really disrupt it because he has nothing to lose this time. Nope. Usually the first four years of a presidency, as you probably know, is spent worrying about how they're going to get elected for the next four years. Yes. And so they kind of hold back. But when you get into those next four years, you know, there's nothing to keep you from, dis especially him, dismantling. Uh, the, the and Nicole says, was everyone corrupt in that system, as in the leaders? Just about, Nicole. I mean, corrupt in the sense that, like, you had to vote a certain way because your donors wanted you to vote a certain way. You had to pass certain legislation because everybody else wanted to pass it. You had to agree to certain things that you would never otherwise agree to. Hundreds of millions of dollars. The worst, the worst corruption of all is overseas how we go on TV and we write reports about the millions of dollars spent in Afghanistan and pennies on the dollar were actually spent inside Afghanistan. 99.9% .9 of that money went to U.S. citizens. Pockets. You know, pockets that they did virtually nothing. Um, and they just sent aircraft, which we ended up leaving there, aircraft tanks and guns and things. You know, they produced products that, you know, we ended up leaving there. But the, the people in those countries see very, very little of that money. And how many, how many governments we overthrew with Soros-backed programs to spread democracy um, and just wreaked havoc, wreaked havoc in people's countries um, for this idea that some of us, we actually believed in. We actually believed in the fact that we were going to give people freedom in the Middle East, um, something they had never experienced, but it was we, it was qu quickly learned, as, especially in the overthrow of Iraq, that that was not going to happen. And so then now what do we do? Like, how do you back out of it now? Um, and once that Arab Spring spread through all of the Middle East and North Africa, it was just it was just devastation everywhere. And there was no fixing that. Well, it happens here domestically, too. You see a school, the school, the Baltimore school system, who which is gets the most money out of any school system in the United States, which is the, the, the worst, the, the lowest. Yeah, yeah the it's lowest. Pathetic. Uh, you have uh, San Francisco, which probably spends more money on homelessness, uh, which the you don't see any treatment for any of the homeless. It, it's it's growing. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's incentive to be homeless. The refugee, Not, the refugee resettlement process. Yeah. There's seven VOAGs. Um, giant organizations in the United States that receive hundreds of millions of dollars to resettle refugees and they get 10 cents on the dollar. They live in squalor. They can't eat properly. They end up going into gangs and, and crime in order to feed their families. It's, it's horrible. Hmm. On that positive note. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus, Jesus gives us a life worth living. Yeah, and Jesus died for all this. You know, all of us, yeah. all these sins that people are committing. Yes. Um, and there's going to be a few of us who understand that fact and uh, repent and ask for forgiveness. Yes. And move forward. And, and I love that. I, I'm so glad that we had this discussion because I think hearing it, I mean, hearing it, having ears to hear what you said, even though you said it a hundred <laughs> times and understanding what it is you truly meant by it. I don't know that I ever did that. I hear you oh. say it all the time, but it just hit me today based on the devotional and what you said is that. It's, it's that ability now to see our past for what it was and being able to put it in our past 
and to move forward with Jesus. Amen. And uh, that's powerful. And you sharing that today, just, it means so much more to me. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Dixie says, and they're like, fine, if you'd rather die than do that. (laughs) (laughs) No one is worthy, Dixie. He Mm. is and invites us in under his wings. He suffered because we all sinned against him and he declares us forgiven. Amen. It's this interesting conversation. Why, thank you, Kate. Oh, I'm glad. I was wondering. (laughs) It was was all about me. And so... (laughs) Uh, please let this open discovery or is it too late for the USA? Mm. Ah, who, who, you know, the Lord knows Dixie, um, this is <sighs> the, the hardest part for me, um, is knowing that there is such a sophisticated apparatus built, um, to, of a police state that when that is um, effectively turned against its own people, I don't know how you stop that. Uh, that's that's the most frightening part of watching everything that's happening, whether it's the weaponization of government hearings and all the things that the FBI has done, an agency that I was truly honored and blessed to have been a part of and watching the level of corruption. Just you, I know how that machine works and what it was designed to do and now to say that the enemy is half of the U.S. population because there's 100 million of us is frightening. Because I've also been on the other side where I've traveled. Um, I represented a surrogate for President Trump and traveled across the country. I don't know, 20 plus states um, at rallies and town halls for the president. And then you see the the people that are public enemy number mm-hmm. one. And you're like, these aren't like the Muslims. These people are not. These people are not going to give up. Like they're, they're not giving up and they're not giving in, <laughs> you know, no. it's not, this is the, it, it, it is potentially a civil war. Mm. It is potentially a civil war. And that's, that's, that's scary, but that's. Uh... When I'm sorry, I'm going to go on with one more question. Okay. It's, it's interview Hedy a day. Um, when, because you, you, you You've often talked about the, the the trips to Afghanistan and to Syria, and then now across the United States to these huge events, like that were, you know, probably, you know, two thousand, ten thousand dollar a person invites yes. kind of events. And the public town hall ones, which were five, six thousand people who paid fifty bucks. Right, and so you're you're doing all these things, and how hard was it to then just give it all up and come home? Was it? Were you at the point where you can't do another one of those things and you didn't, you had no problem giving up or is it hard to give up that kind of lifestyle that you did for a couple of decades? (laughs) (laughs) To marry a Mexican guy with a truck. (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, so (laughs) The last part, the stuff I did, uh, the stuff I did for President Trump was awesome. I don't regret any of that. It was the situation I put myself in that I regret. Personal. We're talking personal. about personal, professional. It two. was a personal situation mm. I put myself in. I had put myself in a horrible personal position in that role. Um, so I would have loved, I, I would love if my Christian life would reconcile with what I did for the, um, during the Trump days. I would love to do that again. Hmm. Um, I just don't want to do it as that person, as that broken, um, 
person. Mm -hmm. uh, so was it worth giving up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't trade my life now for anything. Thank you. <laughs> or you. I wouldn't trade you for anything. Really? <laughs> absolutely not. Oh, well, that sounds for real. Uh, it is absolutely yeah. <laughs> for real. Hands down, no I think doubt. Uh, I think we can kind of answer. At least I have my story, and maybe you can agree with me or tell me that I'm full of nonsense. Uh, and Nicole asks, why is it that the world doesn't hear about it? especially during the Trump era. I, I, I think there's a little bit of when Trump was in office, I, I believe that he was cleaning the swamp, but he was trying to do it with a paper towel where he, he wasn't, he, he had, it, it's hard. He, he I would say that it's hard. Oh, it was because he, hard. and I think he was not even prepared for the, how deep the swamp was, how angry they were at him. That too. But he I mean, people like how much they hated he, he goes out of all the people, the guys in the CDC have to be not corrupt. He, you can see how he's going into these things. He goes, this guy Fauci and these people, they got to be caring. I mean, they're like doctors, right? They're supposed to be caring about us. And then to not realize they're just as bad as everybody else, if not worse, because the money's there. There's probably more equal amount of money in the CDC coming to them for their pharmacy connections as it is for the military with their connections with uh, the weapons builders and makers and all those kinds of people that that money that comes in by the decisions they make um, is, is corrupt, corruptible. And he just did not see. I don't think it, it was so hard. He, he couldn't see behind every door. There was corruption. There was yes. not one single, even the behind the mouse hole in the wall, there was corruption. <laughs> <laughs> Mice fighting over the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that uh, you know, and again, when you I, the first the first four years, you know, he was trying to do it and not. He was trying to run the country while fighting an investigation as a Russian spy, right? And and the corruption, or at least minimize it. It was impossible to do all those three things at once. They kept him so heavily attacked, also that he couldn't advance very far because he always was playing catch up and you know fixing uh answering the allegations mm -hmm. while trying to move the country forward and there's got to be some aspect of and when then, he frick then covid hit and then that right. was like all bets are off and then he's thinking he goes okay well i'm going to do this and i think he goes this is the right thing to do i sincerely think that he thought it was the right thing to do in it with a program like making sure that all the the um uh, what do they call them the black colleges they, they have a name for it the traditionally black colleges right. that had to keep coming back for money every year and he's going why are you coming back every year well let's just give you the money that you need for the the next four or five whatever it was right. and, he, and he thought and I, I could see in his head that he could go well everybody's gonna love like who's gonna be mad at me for doing this and yet people they yeah. they harangued them for that too so there was all these things where i think there's a, a legitimate thought that he goes well i'm going to do this and now this will help people you know change their opinion about me and it never did it, it just got worse and worse and worse no matter what it is he did he was breaking the system oh okay sorry I'm sorry, folks. We missed yeah. so many things. Uh, <laughs> we love all the comments, though. Yes. Keep them coming. And Dixie was saying 10 minute cities, anyone. It's supposed to be the rule of law, but the laws mm. now, was that before Jesus, though? That This comment I want to understand. Mm. Was that before Jesus, though? Oh, me. Uh, my experience is yes, all of that was before Jesus. Yeah. 
Um, Kate says she's depressed, but then I know Kate took that back to be truthful. She's not depressed. She feels strengthened because as the darker it gets, he has a plan and she trusts him. Well, I think that this is some of the things when the truth comes out, it, it really is upsetting. But it, it, as it as the, the truth sees the light, that there's possibly so that some good could come from it at, at some point, possibly. Well, remember, the end of the story is um, the wrath of God comes and, you know, there's a great falling away mm -hmm. and, you know, we're awaiting the rapture. So we, um, Jesus wins the war, but there are, are many battles we will lose before then. Yep. And ultimately, the... <laughs> The world comes to almost near destruction before the new heaven and the new earth descend. So we, this the this doesn't end up anywhere good. <laughs> Are we at that time now? I don't know. We could be like but, Jack, where he gets excited the more of this stuff that happens. He goes, Look, we're getting closer. Yes. There's not been more things uh, that have happened in any other time in our history than now. That yes. I'll point Look out towards. for your redemption draws near. Yeah, the return <laughs> the of Jesus. The kingdom of God is at hand. <laughs> Carrie actually has a good point here. Um, they kind of. Yes. Like, knowing like, prophecy prepares us to get our heads around it all. Yes. That, you know, Jesus predicted it. It told us all of it. He, he prophesied that all of this would happen. And that for us to uh, do not take heart when the world hates you, because they hated me first and know that, uh, Oh, there was one scripture was, that was in my mind. Um, do not be, um, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations, but do not be dismayed because I have overcome the world. So ultimately, he wins this war for us, but it's the battles um, that are difficult. Yeah, for sure. I want to bring up this uh, uh, friend of mine just before we leave, because I just want everybody to pray for my friends here. Oh, hold on. No, I'm not going to be able to find it. Well, why don't you just tell her what tell us? Well, I wanted to show his picture because oh. I just wanted to share. There it is. Um, so we got to get rid of this. Oh, yes. Andy had a friend that passed. So I'm going to share my screen here. We're just going to change subjects here. Um, and I would just like uh, friends, uh, all my friends here that are watching today to uh, pray for a family. This is a friend of mine I worked with. Um, uh, a brother in blue who just passed away due to cancer and his name's Dave. And um, he was one of those guys, you know, I've often talked about those people that I loved working with that when they showed up on a call that you knew everything was going to work out. Okay. Oh, nice. That no matter if it was a, in, you know, a shooting in progress or a domestic violence where it's your often, questionable is how they're going to turn out. You either get in a fight with somebody or, you know, you end up chasing somebody down or it goes peacefully. And with, with Dave on the call and, and, and he and I together, or he and I, and Jeff Zierly, who's, I brought this Facebook post off, you know, we always had this opportunity to talk to people and to like counsel them. And that was with me not being a Christian, but it was just that I knew with, with, with Jeff or Dave or you know, a couple of Bruce Lynn, yeah. if you went on a call with these guys that it, you could take a very heated situation and calm it down. Nice. And then was he a believer too? And yes, yes, Aww. he's definitely with Jesus Christ. He's one of those. He's the one right now that Jack talks about where he closed his eyes and opened up and, and was standing there with Jesus. Aww. There's no doubt in my mind. It was a great guy. And he had this voice. Uh, David, uh, Dave. Yeah. Uh, just an amazing man. So pray for him and his family. Um, 
uh, but just passed um, due to cancer, uh, but a great guy. And I just wanted to take some time to honor him, uh, yes. just share his, his, he's a good looking man, a good guy. And um, gosh, I can't say enough good things about him. He's just an amazing guy that I was able to work with. So a life lucky. worth living. So lucky to work <laughs> with him. Good guy. Um, any other comments here before we leave that? Uh, uh, Nicole's prayers, sends prayers for his family. Amen. Yeah. And uh, Kate points out the damage that Fauci did cause us not to trust the medical profession yeah. now. Oh, yeah. It's wild. We, we don't trust the news. We don't trust the politicians. We don't trust. <laughs> we don't trust anything anymore. But ultimately, that leaves us only one to turn to. And that's yeah. our Lord. Yeah. Thank God. Anything else, my I love? No, I think we did it. We hit an hour. Sorry, folks. That was like, yeah. you know, uh, interview heady a day. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that was highly interesting. No, I really, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I personally enjoyed it. So thank you. I um, just, the, the idea that we're able to put what it is that our past, um, you know, maybe has done not only to us and our families and to other people, those things. Mm. Um that uh, it's okay. It's okay that we've moved forward. And the reason I say it's okay is because there's times where I sometimes like, you know, when I was talking to my, uh, we were in a restaurant with my ex-wife and sharing my testimony that, that there used to always be, if I give this to people, they're going to say, Oh yeah, it was whatever. There's no way. And you know, it's impossible. Um, I don't, I don't even, right. It's not that I don't care because I wanted to say just now that I don't care. It's, it's just that it's I'm past matter. that. I'm past that. Yeah. Jesus knows. Yeah. And that's all that matters. For sure. So um, hearing what you had to say tonight, I think, is just really telling as to um, your relationship with God is amazing. Yeah. Considering all the things that you've done <laughs> that I look at, uh, many of it positive. But, God uh, is good all the time. Yeah, God is amazing. I'm so grateful. So thank you guys for sharing this moment with us. Uh, this is sometimes what we talk about in the car. So you just <laughs> sitting here uh, on the mics uh, is a conversation that uh, we would have uh, from time to time, just uh, getting to know each other every day. It's amazing. I love you. I love you more. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. And thanks for saying that you wouldn't change this life with me. It's, I wouldn't uh, change it for a thing. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, my friends, we love you. Pray for Dave and his family. Uh, we yes, um, and uh, uh, we love you, Nicole, and look forward to seeing you soon. Hopefully, yeah. we'll be there on Wednesday. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, take Good care, night, everybody. Talk to you later. God bless. Bye. Oops, forgot the the button here. 